Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, get ready for some magic in your ears. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay. Hey. Be in every episode. Hey, what's up guys? It's me, the other host. No. Yeah. No, I think actually, actually we yeah. have a metal in-person physical yeah person card the person cards are in they are and they arrived this morning they are guys i don't think we overhyped them in the slightest they are super cool super sturdy the fedex delivery driver was like what are these it is so heavy yeah it was basically just a block of steel he was delivering us yes it was a block of steel cut into individual slices that now have the Popcorn Culture logo perfectly cut out. It describes Benjamin Carlin as the one true host. Mm -hmm. For now. And then we have Jonathan Carlin, and it specifically says the other host crossed out, and then most specialist guest. Yeah, most specialist guest. But I don't know, guys, I don't know if you can hear this, but just like, give it a listen. Oh, ah, that's what oh. it sounds like when you drop it. That is what it sounds like when you drop it. It's, oh, it, it is even better in person than it looked online. I'm very happy with the way it came out. Ugh. Super pleased. Super, pleased. In, in Super case, pleased. in case you're new to the conversation, you're wondering what these are. Uh, we just we just concluded uh, a couple weeks ago now a special offer that we were running on our Patreon page where we had something cool basically made specifically yeah. for existing and new patrons. You guys were spectacular, actually, forced us to order even more of these yes. which was really great you outpaced our order you did you did uh so i'm i'm very excited i'm also excited for future uh special offer endeavors i'm excited to see what the little what what we and the little colonels can can accomplish in the world yes i am yeah this was this was like this has gotten me so excited like like oh man it, it, i i really like felt the enthusiasm like with the show when I was watching people like the the signups for the person card I was like oh man this is this is like a real thing this is like it really felt it felt more real you know, like, cause we, you know, me and you come and sit in this room every week and talk and then we send it out. And this was like such a literal way to see it. 
to, to see to see people interacting with yeah. it. No, it's it's really it's it's kind of fascinating because there's like we went through the process of of creating like an online community with the Super Carlin Brothers when we started our YouTube channel back in 2012. Yeah. And it's it's been interesting with popcorn culture because for one, if, if we were to go back to those early days of creating content online, for one, I, it's actually to this day, I still don't have any idea what I'm doing, but it was it was so stressful for me and i was it's like to the point that i really wasn't enjoying the process and mm-hmm. like people were, were were showing up and they were like commenting on our videos and we had like you know quote unquote regulars and stuff yeah and it was it was cool to see that happen but i don't think that i was able to really appreciate it at that time in any capacity in the way that i would have loved to have right because i was i was dealing with so much inside of myself where i was like I was having like a daily struggle with it, you know, where it's like there's all this positivity and people are clearly like they're showing up and they're sitting through your just well, yours were fine. Mine were like these lousy three minute videos that just had little to no quality substance to them. Like Uh, they were fine. Poorly connected dots to an argument that I was underinformed on is I would feel like how I would describe my early content. But that being said, with popcorn culture, there has been it's been really, really fun watching like the inside jokes form and all of these things that like I never could have told you that we would create, you know, the the greatest new superpower, the element of surprise. The element of surprise. You just never see him coming. You never see him coming. He also never sees it coming. He never sees it. That's, that's <laughs> the other side of that comic with the element of surprise is that he's he's this is a superpower he has no control over. So he's None. just like sitting there eating lunch, having his turkey club with crispy bacon and hot peppers the way he likes it, and all of a sudden he's just like he just teleports and he's just like in he's like mid kicking some dude in the face yeah and you're, he's like what happened i'm hungry <laughs> i was eating a sandwich yeah, they, they show up and they're like did you did you drop turkey on the floor were you what happened it's like look i was i don't know I, I i stopped him from doing something i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's what pretty that's sure. how it's supposed to I mean, work he looks surprised i'll he, tell you jay he was surprised oh he was surprised yeah yeah nobody ever expects the element of surprise no one but that's so people ask the question all the time i think especially because since we've been doing the online career this is the other thing about doing what we do Mm. is i feel like there is no agreed upon title that that anybody is remotely happy with oh like yeah it's like are are we are we influencers are we content creators are we youtubers (laughs) like you know and it's like across the board it's I, I feel like any name that anyone has tried to attribute to people who do the job that we do, no one, no one's ever happy with it. But yeah. th- regardless, the, the idea is that because it's a popular profession one way or another, whatever we call this thing. Right. We get the question a lot of like, hey, do you have any advice for young YouTubers? And this is sort of I feel like and maybe what we've witnessed with with popcorn culture as it's developed and kind of created its own brand and taken its turns left and right and here and there mm-hmm. is that th- there's almost no like whatever you think you're going to create on the Internet, unless you have like a very clear cut idea and it's got like a singular objective. There's no way for you to even know what you're going to end up making. Right. Because you're not the only one making it like the people listening and watching are also so well said. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the only one making the content. Right. Because yeah, you will have the people who like you could even say like a joke or come up with something or have an idea uh, that that catches fire with the people who are tuning in in a way that you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. 
And so like maybe the things that people latch on to uh, are not the things that you even considered the most notable portions of like any specific episode. Yeah. Oh, I have a funny story Sim- similar to that. OK, so uh, in my in my lone acting class I ever took intro to acting mm. my senior year of college. I swear it changed a life. Well, I mean, it, I definitely learned a lot in it for sure. Uh, not not that I pursued any sort of acting at all other than that we are sort of entertainers now. Oh, would you call us entertainers? That, well, see, that's too broad. That's even more broad than creator. I, I Jay, I take personal offense. I think so. I'm Rhett and Link have a phrase like internet tainers. Internet tainers. Internet tainers. That's a pretty. That's pretty good. That's pretty. I good. like that. I like better better than content creator. But anyway, this was one of you know one of the assignments I had in my acting class. We had to like memorize like a monologue or something and you know deliver it to the class. Okay. And I remember like going over it a bunch and like memorizing the thing. And I got up in front and as I was reciting it, like. I got to certain points and like everyone would laugh like oh, that was funny like and I was like I didn't even know that was supposed to be funny but like the way you know once like once I got the reaction it was like okay okay now I know I can like play that up a little oh sure like the next time I have to do this it's like oh man I didn't I didn't even get the joke as I was rehearsing it right you know but so I wonder I so like they they talk a lot about how like stand up comedy is all about timing so it's like yeah. the ability to tell the story with the appropriate pause in the right place and the right inflections to like sort of get it there. It's almost like what what they've done is taken jokes that are probably or stories for that matter that are that are only kind of funny. Right. But that they they have like found that secret formula, like just just the right like little nuances that they've they've been able to tweak together yes. in order to and then have a hilarious joke. Right. And yeah, so I maybe maybe that's exactly what's what's going on is that yeah, like the more the and then in, I think in in turn the more that you're then in front of people, the more you can yeah, like grip on to those little things and like know what might might take. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Okay. Okay. Well. But the, okay, so I, I've we've talked about this class before that you've taken, but I've I've always found it very interesting because you were not necessarily like the most extroverted person in high school in in like the way that you might imagine like a um like the class clown maybe or something right you know like i'm imagining somebody just like leaning against the locker and being like really cool and just like effortlessly telling jokes that like (laughs) groups of people are just hilarious like you know like gripping their guts laughing at but then it seemed like you sort of you also had a class senior year i think it was your english class yeah at one point in time, did you have to like act out like an ant burning under a mic, um, like a magnifying glass or something? Oh, I don't remember that specifically. No. Okay, I don't know why that was like. I, I, there's, I have like this mental image of you having to like do something in front of the class, and I don't know why. That's what I thought it was, like an like an ant in agony or something. I don't think so. Okay. Well, anyway, it seemed like that was like. I would say that that teacher, Miss Mills, Miss Mills, Miss Mills. I feel like she, I feel like she like identified a trait in you that then didn't get the proper light shown on it again until this acting class, which I feel like also was around the same time period that you started your first ever YouTube channel. I had started in my junior year in college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And part of like why I wanted to do the acting class. Well, one, a lot of people will tell you that it's just like a fun class to take. Like if you're in like your final years and you just need something to like fill out your schedule. Right. It's like, it's an easy A, it's fun. You do improv, you hang out with the class, you know, it's it's, it's, Although you know. for some people like to describe that as fun, other people would be like, 
my nightmare. Yes, for sure, for sure. And and you also have to take into account that it, there are there's always I think the our teacher in particular was a little uh, jaded in that there are always people who were taking the class exactly for that reason who were like, yeah, this is just what easy A. I'm just gonna have fun. Right. But then if you if you were intending to major in acting, those people are there too. And right. Like, they are like taking the class. Right. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Right, right, right. No, I get you. So, so you were then, you were like zeroed in on, they were well, like, I think you. Yeah. I don't think our professor liked me very much. Uh, but I, I, or I don't know. I always felt like I was trying to be like very funny in this class or like not take, or I don't know if she just thought I wasn't taking it seriously or if I wasn't taking it seriously in the way she wanted or whatever. But it seemed like she had lots of critical feedback for me when no one else seemed to think there was anything that particularly wrong. Or, interesting. I don't, I don't interesting. know. Okay. Well, so I, I think it's interesting though, because if, if you've ever watched us, and I think especially if you were to go back to that, like first year of Super Carlin Brothers, I think the immediate assumption would be that in real life you are a very extroverted very like yeah a, like animated comical type of person right yes this, and and that i would be somber <laughs> this is the misconception that we portray on our channel is that yeah that i'm very extroverted and animated in real life and you are very like li- like uh more quiet introverted person but Reserved, in, yeah yeah in, in real life it's just the opposite that in person you'll find that ben is much more extroverted and animated and that i'm normally just like standing there like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah cool, yeah wow <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. You don't, you don't drop very, very frequent. Owen, Owen Wilson, no, wows. I do not, I do not. N- not, not as a general rule. Nope. But no, it's interesting because so you were like taking a class and it felt like I, I think that what it almost unlocked in your brain was the like a like the shift from just being you to being like an on-camera personality. Mm-hmm. Like it, like literally, I think that like it literally unlocked a pathway for you that took me quite literally like years to right. ever get to the point where it's like, it's okay to perform for the camera. Yeah. Um, I think, I think so much of it was that like, it felt like maybe there was this, I like found the road where it was like, like maybe that's how I wanted, I like always wanted to be that way. Okay. But there was always like, I don't, I've always thought this, sorry if you were part of my graduating class in high school, but my graduate, like my immediate peers, all the people graduating in my year were just like n- not, I don't know. It was like, there was no enthusiasm for like anything. Like enthusiasm was like, so like frowned upon. It seemed like sure like, that, you know, th- and just as a, like a dumb example, you know, every now and then there'd be like a pep rally or something. And you would see like if like if we were the junior class, like the people who were above us, like the senior class, they were like all in, you know, for whatever. And you're just like, we're all just going to get excited about whatever this is. And it's going to be funny. And we're going to revel in how over the top we are. And it's almost a joke how over the top we are. Sure. With it. And then it was like my class was like, uh-uh. And then the, the class below us, exact same way. It was like they they could just get excited about it and just like like it for the thing. But it was just this like I don't I don't even know what the right word is. Like apathy is that the right word? I'm not sure. Know. I'm not sure. Based on how you're applying it, you continue talking. I'm gonna look up the the actual <laughs> definition of apathy because I frequently get it confused with like empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apathy. Okay. So lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Yes. It was just there was just this like I it felt surrounded 
Like by it's like anytime if you were to, it was just like okay like you're it's a little extra you know right right, you know? right like very above it all yeah like very above it all like don't yeah you know, if you're too enthusiastic about anything that's probably pretty lame sure you know and it was just I just hate that mentality about anything it's so interesting yeah like the way you're describing it though I think is literally exactly what's reflected in your your on camera personality which yeah. is like there is nothing cooler than the idea of caring as much as humanly possible about what Voldemort's final Horcrux could have been. Right. Like, like, yeah. like, you know, you could, to to be that enthusiastic, it felt like handing, like, weapons to your classmates that they would just turn against you. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, okay, you're just sort of like a Harry Potter freak nerd guy or whatever. It's like, no, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was so frustrating that no, and I would like, I don't know, every now and then, like, you'd have, like, Spirit Week or something where it was like, okay, here's the theme for the day, and you could just, like, dress up, and I would, like, kind of just decide, I'm just gonna kind of go all in on this, because everyone in the school is gonna be doing it, and it's, like, it's like an excuse, it's like, oh, this week there's a free pass. Right, You right. can just get away with it. Yep. And then after, I was like, hey, we'll be back to normal here, yeah. So, okay, so do you feel, it sounds to me like you've almost got, like, a vulnerability attached to your enthusiasm, like, like, you would feel like by showing your enthusiasm for something, it's, mm-hmm. like, subjective it to then potential criticism uh, yes. which would be like a dagger to the heart yeah it's like i have now revealed to you what my heart reflects and you have now shattered that mirror like basically okay yeah. okay wow that's i'm learning something <laughs> about you right now getting deep i'm getting deep also i feel like i missed my calling potentially as a uh, as like a counselor of sorts maybe mm, maybe i do like to psychoanalyze everyone that's true you'd probably be an effective one because you're good at people like to talk to you Apparently, apparently. Maybe you didn't miss your calling. Man. Hmm. All right. Well, I got to go because I have some classes to take. I guess so. ASAP. Right? Um, No. Okay. It's interesting, though. It's interesting because, yeah, then. Okay. So then we see it on camera. Perfect. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is this is the thing I'm doing. This is this is an excuse to be this way. Right. Okay. So then open. So let me flip it back on myself then, because this was the, the struggle that I had where like, especially in the early days of writing videos and coming on camera, I like hated the idea of having a script Yeah, because it was almost like, it's like, this is like cheating. This is like, there is like evidence that exists that proves that I like thought of every clever thing I was going to say and put it down before I then said it, which took away from like every natural belief attached to something. Right. And so it's like, it's like, no, I, I can't like say this again. Like these are, these are like old thoughts now. I've already put them on paper. Like I can't, uh, yeah. I can't re-deliver it, you know? And then I think, so I used to have like this like weird aim personality, I guess, like where I could like really get going like with, like with people and inside jokes online. And it was all very just like off the cuff, very on the fly. But then if I ever like like I would never reuse mm-hmm. the same gag with like a different person. Right. Just regardless of how successful it was, because it would be like that in my mind, that's like cheating the social game. Right. You know, it's like you, you can't, it's like you use that joke with this other person. You can't like, you can't take that joke over here and then now make someone else laugh with it. Like you've already used that joke. It is expired. Can't like, right. Should not, cannot be used again. All original all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. If if I'm reusing it, that's cheating. That doesn't count. Right. 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 Yes. And so I think that like, I don't know, but, but then at the same rate, you know, you don't know the things that you're absorbing like by osmosis yeah. where, okay. So this happens to me, uh, where the first show like pre streaming platforms and stuff that I ever watched aggressively was the show scrubs. Yeah. Like JD and Turk and all that. Turk. 
Yep, Elliot. Elliot. Yep, they're all at the at the hospital. Doctor Cox. Doctor Cox. Your name rocks. <laughs> um, but there were like so many little things because I had watched the show and I would like it, it was like how I would fall asleep at night in high school and stuff is I would like literally just like turn it on and like fall asleep to it and. I did not realize how many like little things that I was saying in my everyday life were pulled verbatim from scrubs. Right. And then it wasn't until like I had stopped watching it, picked it back up like five, six years later or something. And like with my, my girlfriend at the time, I was like, Oh, you are seeing straight behind my humor curtain right now. Right. Like you are seeing the source material that I did not even know I was using. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe like what it came down to. And again, attaching it back to like a script or a video, it's like the intention. It's like, it was never my goal to like take the humor from this other thing. It's just, I guess like something that I very much enjoyed and therefore like it kind of became a part of me yeah. along the way. Right. Um, but, it, but it was never, it was never on purpose. It was never like, Ooh, I can use the humor from that show to make myself seem funnier. Right. Like, Ooh, let me pull from this exact moment. This is similar. I can deliver it as my own. They won't know. They won't know unless they've also seen it. In which case we'll bond over that. <laughs> my evil plan to make people laugh, to make people. <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yes, exactly. 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 So, yeah. uh, uh, judging from that, mm. let me try transition hard into a bit of interesting factoid that I'm totally stealing from a TikTok I saw the other day. Okay. Because because this is me trying to be interesting by using something I recently discovered. Okay. Because I have learned it's okay to do such things. I do this on this drives my wife mad because she'll like tell me a factor. She'll be like reading some headline and she'll like tell me about it. And then later on in some conversation like we're having with you know, friends, uh, I'll be like, oh yeah, isn't it like, the, and I'll fill in the fact that she just told me and she'd be like, I told you that. Right. Um, yeah, I'll be like, well, what you didn't, you should, I, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this actually happens, uh, with, with our, the guy who trains us like in, in the gym. Yeah. We talk a lot about ADHD yeah. and it's sort of this, cause like he, he, uh, helps counsel with it. That's like his other, his other job. And it's been like a long time assumption that I also have it. And so a lot of times I will like do a lot of my own research and be like looking at it and like, I'll be talking to him at the gym and I'll be like, yeah, like I've, I've read something about how like ADHDers can like form pathways, you know, to like sidestep like the internal, you know, like uh, lack of wiring or something. He's like, yeah, I, I told you that like two weeks ago, like we were talking about this exact thing and I'm oh. like, oh yeah. Right. My bad. <laughs> you told me. I forgot where I learned it. Now I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> now I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Try, trying to have an original thought. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, um, but no, I, I, I saw this thing the other day and I think we talked about it once before. And this is, this is another example of one of these things. We talked about how you can't describe a color. Yeah. Like, like d- describe the color blue. Right. Yeah. And it's just, you, uh, it's, yeah, it's blue. Right. It's like a base descriptor. Right. Right. And so that was actually something where I think you had brought it up on the pop while you were listening to the book, the name of the wind, which I am now re-listening to for my second time. And there is like a moment where like one of the teachers specifically asks that question. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> I've heard this before in my everyday life. But, and so correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know that we've talked about this, but it is also color related. Okay. It is the idea that the color purple does not exist. This feels like a, like a bait and switch sort of question. It feels like a trap. (laughs) Certainly the color purple exists. I know. Certainly I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Right. Yes. Right. That button is purple. So I guess, I guess the explanation that I have heard about why the color purple doesn't exist is because, uh, like your 
your eyes see what is it like uh red green blue is, I don't that, know. is that the three colors like the primary colors are red yellow and blue red yellow and blue okay yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. Red, yellow, and blue. Yeah. I got there. And the idea, though, so, like, you know, then on, like, a rainbow, they would they would all come, like, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Yeah. So the idea, though, is that as you're looking at those colors, like, you can take, what, like, blue and yellow, and then in between those two would be green. Yeah. Which then also aligns with how, like, the color of the rainbow, like, you know, as you start to, like, form the two colors together. But then the idea is that basically those are the three primary colors that our eyes can see. And literally every other color we see is our, like, eyes and our brain's ability to merge the nuances of, of everything in between. Okay. All of those colors. But existing outside of those three colors is indigo violet right they're, they're like on the end of the color spectrum right that doesn't fall it's like you don't put any of those like two colors together to like, like create right yeah like like if you're looking at the rainbow it's red orange yellow but it's orange between red and yellow because that's what makes that's what those two colors blend for right but red and blue are next to each other so why are you seeing purple why are you seeing purple yeah and so the idea is that like our eyes are incapable of seeing the color purple and therefore have just invented something that we see Mm -hmm. as a result. So like the true color purple, like our eyes are incapable of like detecting, but we still see something. But okay. So, but then if you mix red and blue, you still get that color. You do still get that color. Right. I don't know if my explanation has run out. Does that fall apart? Is this like a fun thing you can like twist people's minds with, with the rainbow example until they just mix the things in person? uh, No, no, no. So I, I I looked, I looked up just enough. I was like, okay, before, before I bring this up on the pop, I need to do a quick Googling just to be doubly sure that this, in fact, this is in fact like an idea. Mm. Um, and so I, I Googled, does the cur- color purple exist? And it says the color purple does not exist in the real world. Apparently it's true. A rainbow of light from red to violet floods our surroundings, but there is no such thing as purple light. We perceive color thanks to three different types of color receptor cells or cones in our eyes. So at least at least an immediate Google search hmm. suggests that interesting it is in fact a truth bomb. I see. Although I'm sure that someone listening is like an optometrist and they're like, this is a myth. This, yeah, like, gosh, guys, here's how colors work. Right. <laughs> my immediate, here would be my immediate uninformed guess is that that pattern of Roy G. Biv continues to repeat at frequencies that you just can't see at all. Okay. And that, so you'd get to like Roy G. Biv and then you'd get to like a lower frequency red that is in fact mixing with the purple. Oh, I the see. The blue on the other end and or mixing with the indigo on the other end, but you can't see that red because that's where the spectrum runs out, but you can see the purple where it mixes. That's my immediate off-the-cuff answer that probably isn't right. I love it, though. Right? There you go. I've just fixed purple. You're welcome, everybody. You have fixed the color purple. Someone needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone ever challenged you to think of a new color? To try and imagine a new color? Ooh. It's like, I can't. I mean, fundamentally impossible, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, oh, I never even thought about that. Is could I invent a new color in my brain? Like, you, I don't think you. I mean, you can't. You can't. Can you? I mean, maybe that'd be weird. You think in different colors. This is like when people wonder, like, do you see colors the same way as other people? Oh, that like don't is even the biggest yeah. mind warp don't, for me I ever. <laughs> it's like it's like this every like is everybody's color the the same color? Like, it's like oh, my favorite color is green, which is true, um, but like. Are literally all of our favorite colors green. Oh, right. But it's like you call what I see as green blue, and therefore blue is your favorite color because right. like there's a best wavelength. 
and right. everyone sees it as a different color. Right. And it is like equally appealing to all people, but we all call it something different. Right. Because their eyes are all just that little, little bit different. Yep. I have <laughs> always, I've always, always, always uh, wondered about that. I feel like, like if, there's a Vsauce about this. If you could get inside of someone else's brain and yeah. like see the world from their perspective. Because the other thing is, is like any, anyone's mind is built up of the like millions of experiences and like individual moments that they've had in their entire life. Yeah. And so like the way that you think could be so fundamentally different from the way that I think that I could like not operate from your brain. Yeah. If I was attempting to do so while also maintaining my sense of knowledge. Right. Like if I just like assumed your consciousness. Yes. You know, and like, I feel like if in fact you see different colors than other people, that would, that would throw me for a loop and un, an unfixable loop. Like I could, that would be such a problem. Yes. <laughs> be like, I can't even begin to think or assess the thoughts that are coming into your brain because everything is the wrong color. Right. Yeah. Like you, whew. Also, I have a feeling your brain would be so much calmer. That's oh, why I, so? I imagine inside of your head, like everything is like much more even mm. and there aren't, I feel like my brain on top. So I've described it. We do our trivia show on the super Carlin brothers channel. I always yeah. describe it as a brain desk. And yeah. so you know, like all of my, all of the information I know is like somehow related to this room that has like a desk with a lamp on it and has drawers. And then there's like paper scattered all across the floor and stuff. So that's my brain desk. Yeah. But like, I also feel like probably the thing I don't talk about is the fact that there are just fires everywhere. <laughs> like it's just like tons of stuff on fire. Oh gosh. Like, and that's, that's like all of the unresolved issues that I have to keep top of mind enough because if I completely forget about them, then I will have completely forgotten about them and never solve them. And so it's like, it's like all of the stuff that's like pressing on me that I need to have done that mm -hmm. I haven't done yet. Those are all the fires, man. <laughs> you have like a little pyromaniac in your brain. Maybe. Yeah. But they're all like, they're like, all like, you know, they're, they're controlled for the most part. Right. But maybe that's like what ultimately like motivates my, uh, my like need to get something done. It's like the fire gets like big enough. It's like the desk is going down. y'all. Feel, it feels like what you're describing is like those moments when you were a kid and you were completely sound asleep. And all of a sudden, like your brain turned around and there was a forest fire and you flew off the pillow and you're like, oh, I have a test at 8am. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't study it all. I didn't study it all. I didn't study it all. Yep. Yeah. It, precisely. Yeah. And it's like my, my brain is like, my brain is not okay with being shocked yeah. by that. And so it just keeps the fires going at all yeah. times. Does and everyone then, experience that where they're just like, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> like that happened to me. I could, I could like recall the moments, like just being complete calm asleep. And all of a sudden your brain just like, must like tick around. It's just like, what happened yesterday? <gasps> math, math. I didn't do it. I don't know that it was ever, maybe this is where my, my little fires have been going for a lot longer than I realized. I don't think that I was ever like that spun by it where mm. it was like, oh my goodness gracious, I forgot to do something so like so much that like you went from zero to 60 out like from sleep to wide awake. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Uh, and so I've had, I've had <clears throat> similar things happen like where we would have like a, like an engagement or a meeting or something like after work hours. And I, I will have like forgotten about it the whole day, got home, made dinner and been like, you know, just relaxing, ready to go sit on the couch. And I'm like, <gasps> I still have something left to do tonight. Right. But it's not, it wasn't like completely out of my mind. It just wasn't, it wasn't at the forefront. Gotcha. Um, what was I going to say about this though? Oh, I had, I had another thought. Now it's escaping me. Well, while you think of that, let me just say the problem 
if you could even imagine another color, is that you couldn't describe it. No, of course not. You know? Of course but, not. Well, it'd be like if yellow meant uh, brown, but then there was like, you know, you try and use other colors, but you couldn't couldn't get there. You couldn't get there that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't I I don't think you could imagine another color. Mmm, thought experiment. Everyone try. Everyone, everyone just everyone say, try and think of new colors. Maybe we'll come up with one. Maybe we'll come up with one. We'll come also, up. I like the idea that the element of surprise, his uniform is purple because it doesn't exist. Oh, you I know? see. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. got like a purple costume. He's got a purple costume. It feels like to me there's like exclamation, like an exclamation point it has to be like part of his like uh, appearance. I know. I know. Well, I, like keep, his, I keep imagining him almost as like a uh, like a like a like an like an underpants type of of superhero oh, okay. and by that i mean like like, like superman like superman mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah like you know kind of like that da-da! yeah like the big belt buckle probably big yeah, of like, course but it's got like you know the exclamation point on it um okay but, but i getting somewhere I, I mean so do you like this because the, the complete opposite idea would be like to like you know put him in like a like a big trench coat or something like that you know like that mm, like, like, like like billows like, like no, I think the element of surprise mixed with a trench coat kind of gives you like a like a like a flasher kind of. Okay. Like, okay. You know, okay. you don't want that. No, that's you not, certainly don't bad. want that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. <laughs> let's take a let's hard take, left turn away a, from that. No, we don't want that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No trench uh, coats. No trench coats. Yeah. So we're we're going with the uh, underoos. Yeah. <laughs> underoos. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, we need fan art. If you guys have any ideas for it, you can you can send it on over to uh, popcornculturepod at gmail.com. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. In the meantime. Yeah. Ben, do you have a corny joke for us? Oh my goodness gracious! Sorry. I, I do. It sounded like you were about to say something about and then coyotes. I, and I was then I surprised you. <laughs> Are you the element of surprise? Maybe. Who knows? We should have put it on the person cards. Yeah, no, it's too late Secret now. identity. <laughs> Okay, I do actually have a corny joke for you today. Right, it's, it is it is so simple and dumb, but I also thought it was adorable, okay. so I'm going with it. What do Alexander the Great and Winnie the Pooh have in common? The? Yeah. Oh, have, is that it? They have the same middle name. Oh, they have the same middle name? Okay. The. The. Oh, you got it! Oh, hilarious! It, it's no fun if you get it. I'm sorry. That's okay. And now a fun fact about coyotes. Oh. Hard left turn. Hard left turn. Hard left turn. You know, we take so many hard left turns that we eventually just end up going right. You, you know, a hard left turn, the fact that it's hard left turn, that's surprising. You know. Hey, do you remember at one point in time we invented new words for left and right? Do you know what they are? Uh, Louie and Ralph. Louie and Ralph. Yeah. Got to take a Louie or a Ralph. Yeah, I'm going to hang a Louie up here. Yep. That'd be common GMA speak. Yes, it would. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to take a Ralph. I, I do this. This is this is another one of those things where it's it's been like imprinted into my brain where they're just like completely interchangeable. Yeah. And like if <laughs> if Allie's driving and she's like, all right, well, how do like where do I go? I'm like, oh, just like a Louie up here, and she'll be like, what? <laughs> uh, uh, come again now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, is it did did context not get you there? Like, yeah. It should have been clear. It starts with an L. Okay, left. <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> Look, yeah. imagine me and Jay and Mike and John are driving around and it's 1 a.m. And we just had Waffle House. And I said, take a Louie. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. I'm, I'm surprised you're not applauding my sense of humor. <laughs> because that's what happened when it happened. <laughs> that's, that's where it happened. Anyway. <clears throat> I thought this was interesting because of my frequent interactions with coyotes. Yeah. (laughs) All three of them. (laughs) 
Yeah. Have you had any new coyote interactions, Ben? Unfortunately not. Dude, the day you do is going to be such a great episode of The Pop. It's going to be a great episode. I yeah. wonder what the next interaction with coyotes is going to be. Surprising, for sure. It will be surprising. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be able to tell. Maybe. No, it couldn't be. Hmm? I was thinking, could, well, I don't know. Maybe it's too much of a reach. If the element of surprise had an animal sidekick. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if he did, it would have to be a coyote. It would have to be. It would have to be. No one sees it coming. Yeah. Okay. So I was reading today about um, whether or not it is good luck to see a coyote. Yeah. And there's a Navajo saying that says that if a coyote crosses your path, turn back and do not continue on your journey. The coyote is an omen of an unfortunate event or thing in your path or in the near future. Oh, so they're bad luck. They're bad luck. Oh, well, you know, you know what? Harry Potter reads that about the Grimm, and it turns out it's his godfather. So, aka best friend. Aka, yeah, look, literal man's best friend turns out to be his dad's best friend. Yes. Wow. Wow. So maybe when you're seeing coyotes, it's just like maybe we're related or something. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> Maybe maybe this coyote will someday look out for me. <laughs> exactly. They, in fact, maybe that's what they're doing. They're like, hey, Ben, I just want you to know I got your back. I, I got your back. I got your back, Ben. You're totally safe right now. Exactly. Do not fear the coyote. The coyote watches out for you. I want to think of it that way. Yeah, so... Bad luck, though, huh? Bad luck, though, huh? And I have to be fearful for bad something. Bad luck for the bad guys when the element of surprise shows up with this coyote, Fred. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, no, is that a coyote? That's right. Your luck's run out. That was it, a terrible It's line. a really bad catchphrase. <laughs> <It's so> bad. <laughs> Your luck is run out. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the villains would just, like, laugh at you. And yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Move along now. Move along now. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop.
Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Okay, so Jake, Jake I just called you Jake for the, for the first time ever. Yeah, that's not that's not my name. That's not your name. Mm-mm. Okay, Jay. Yeah. Uh, this past week you hurt your back. Oh gosh, yes, I sure did. You want to tell me about that? What? Man, it was like one of those, I don't know, uh, moments when you realize just how mortal you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so what happened was last Saturday, whilst we were out mountain biking. Yep. Seeing uh, no coyotes. Seeing no coyotes. Uh, there was this this feature, that's mountain bike talk. Oh, look at you go. Yeah. For, uh, it's called a skinny and uh, what a skinny is is exactly what it sounds like. It's maybe like a six-inch board or something. And it's like a balance beam for a bike. You just, like, ride on top of it. 
You sure do. Yeah, that's basically it. This one in particular uh, has a little ramp up and then a flat section and then a second ramp up and then a ramp down, flat section, ramp down. Right. We I think, I think we actually have video of you doing yeah, this very skinny do. that we can put in the show notes for folks to see just how raw you are. Let me tell you, it's when you watch someone successfully do it, it looks so easy as to be unimpressive. It does. Which is unfortunate because whilst you're doing it, you're like, this is impossible. Also, like, also it feels it, very cool when it, you're doing it. I was going to say, yeah, it feels incredibly cool to do yeah, it. To do it. So anyway, we took um, a couple a couple weeks ago, we stopped at the skinny and we uh, we sessioned it. That's that's mountain bike speak for practiced. 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 We sessioned the feature. Wow. We sessioned the skinny, as it were. And, uh, you know, we, we took turns trying to go off it and, you know, uh, you, it was easy enough to get on it. And then the hard part is just, as long as you come in with confidence and you just point the bike straight, you're just going to keep going. You're just going to roll. You're just going to roll. Basically the, the tricky part is you have to pedal up the little, the second incline, You do, which often just the act of you pressing down on the pedals might cause you to lean one way or the other. And you don't have a lot of like room for error. So it's, um, yeah. Like if you were to think about like just riding your bike down a hill for example, like you, I mean, you're basically riding in a perfect, like your, your, your bike's tires are not deviating from a center line by any amount. So yeah. like if, if the road were to fall away, sands the like six inches of space that your tire was on, it would be the most remarkable looking thing ever because you'd be riding like, you know, literally a half foot wide portion of road yeah. for like a hundred yards. Right. It's not hard to ride your bike straight with speed. Right. Um, exactly. But then if you're riding up a hill, on the other hand, and you're pedaling, that's where like each pedal stroke could potentially be like shifting your bike much yeah, further apart. Exactly. So anyway, we sessioned it. And after a few tries, you know, you fell off, but even falling off of it, not really a big deal because at most you're only like a few, like a foot above the ground. Right. Anyway, so you just sort of like, you know, your tire hits and it's just like going down. There's plenty of little drops that are little six inch drops and, you know, you don't even feel it. It's not a, not really a big deal to fall off of it. And eventually I uh, managed to go over the whole thing you a did. few times and it was really exciting. I was like, oh man, look, I did it. I was like, it felt, it felt very cool. Like I'd really like accomplished like a little, a little mountain bike thing. Cause uh, I've never gotten to the point with many, like, uh, I don't know, extreme sports where I felt like I could do any, any amount of tricks. Sure. Or sure. It sort of feels like a, like a trick you could do. And it's like, oh, it, it felt cool. Um, so anyway, it's in the middle of this uh, bike trail known as the Enchanted Forest, which is otherwise just a really easy little trail that just takes you from one spot to another and is, you know, very beautiful looking. But since since I got it, every time we have gone through the Enchanted Forest, I'm like, okay, when we get to it, I'm just gonna try and ride over it. Like, we're not gonna session it. I'm just gonna try and make it part of my ride. If I get it, awesome, I'll feel great. And if I don't, whatever, you know, it's not a, a huge deal. I we'll know- We'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. But, um, so last Saturday we're out there and we get to it and I'm like, all right, here I go. I'm gonna just get up to it. And I got to probably the worst spot to like veer off from, which is at the very top. Like you go up the first incline, straight, second incline. And at this point, the bike is pointed high up. You're like, maybe maybe the, the bottom of the wheel is maybe like, I don't know, 18 inches off the ground. Yep. yep right. I'd say so. And you're pointed upwards. And that's about where I fell. The bike veered off. And at that point, you're falling not just past where your bottom wheel, your, you know, your bottom wheel is off the ground too. So you're falling past that and you're getting very inclined toward the ground. Yep. And so that's what slams into the ground. And I don't fall off the bike, don't go over the handlebars or anything, just hit hard. And it's, I guess it's sort of like a whiplash effect. Sure. A little bit like my neck just 
I don't know. Uh, or like, yeah, like where my neck meets my vertebrae is where I say a lot of the pain came from. Okay. But I fell off of it and I was just, mostly I was just like, hey, I didn't fall. <laughs> cool. Right. Look at that. I like it hurt, but it wasn't, I I didn't need to stop. Right. Or anything uh, yeah. Like, that. like when, when you referred back to this particular <clears throat> moment, I remembered it happening, but it was not like, it, there was no pause afterwards. It wasn't yeah. like, whoa, dude, you okay? Like, yeah, I was like, oh, oh, didn't make it. Bummer. Try it next time we come through. Right. Yeah. Anyway. And that was the weird thing. So like the next day I certainly felt sore and I was like, yeah, but that's from that. Cause I hit, I landed strong. But like four days later, all of a sudden, like Wednesday morning, I'm taking a shower and I don't know what movement I did or what happened, but all of a sudden I like tweak something and it is like, like I can't move. Right. You know, like I can barely like all of a sudden, like I'm having, like, if I want to turn my head, it's like, I have about five degrees to the left, five degrees to the right. And I otherwise have to turn my waist if I want to like look anywhere. Yes. And I like, it was so baffling. It was like, why, why all of a sudden is this so terrible? Right. Yeah. And it, cause it hadn't, it hadn't been like, you'd think if it was going to be this bad, it might've been the next morning or later that day or right away. Right. When it like, happened. A yeah. Four day delay. Right. And the, I mean, i like, I had to like skip work that day. Right. You know, like I was just in bed all day. Right. Yeah. Couldn't no, it. it was, it was, it was definitely like a very, very shocking thing to, to have happen. And if I'm not mistaken, was this also the same day that I wrecked my bike in like a much more dramatic <laughs> way? Oh yeah. I, uh, I think so. Yeah. You were, you just like came across some loose sand and the bike just washed out beneath you. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, but no, so like, yeah, I, I would have had like a much more notable fall than you on this particular occasion. Yeah. So what, like what goes through your mind though, as this like sort of comes to pass, because I feel like this is, it starts to become like a new problem where you're like, am I getting older? Like, right. Like, is, is that like what I'm, is that like what I'm dealing with now is right. Yeah. Like, it's like, is it, is it the fact that I'm just, are we just older? Cause I had this, a similar thing, um, like even a couple years, maybe like five years ago or something where Beth and I were training for like a half marathon. Cause she had just started getting into running and we were on the middle of our 11 mile run. And all of a sudden, like I had this terrible hip pain. It was like my IT band had done something. Okay. And you know, like we get out there, and, you know, I would like stretch a little before the run or anything or before we would go. But it was never, you know, like in cross country, they make you circle up and do all the stretches and stuff. And you're like, this is doing anything. Oh, right, right. It's like, you it, know, it always felt like I will appease you, coach. Like, I will stretch. Right, like I'll stretch, whatever, you know. And the thing is, the problem is like when you're a teenager, it probably isn't really doing anything. Because you're so, you're just you're so like so, flexible. Right, you're so young and limber. It's like, it's not, you know, your muscles probably, like it probably is helping, like do stretch. But like the, the point is to just make a practice out of it. Right. Not that it, even if it's not helping, like you should practice this. Cause it's like, oh, if you get older and you don't do this, you will hurt yourself. Right. And so it's like one of those, like, eh, didn't even know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I could have done to prevent it. Or I also wonder if this is like a bit of a Dunning Kruger effect. Like now I find myself thinking like, like after I accomplished it, I went over the skinny. I was like, this is like, I'm ready to try more things. Oh, sure. You know, like I can like, I, okay. I proved I can do that. There's, you know, if we see another one, it might be fun to try and stop and do it. Right. Like what are the consequences? I like fall off a little bit. No big deal. It, it's yeah. So for, <coughs> for those of you who are, who are unaware of the Dunning Kruger effect, I think it is one of the most fascinating fascinating things ever. It's the exact mirror of imposter syndrome. Yeah. So basically you have like a measure of your confidence relative to your experience with a given activity. Yeah. And typically Dunning-Kruger is the effect that happens when you have very little experience, but so far it's gone well. And therefore your confidence is very high. Right. But like you're, you're not extremely experienced at it. You just don't know how much you don't know yet. 
Um, and then on the on the flip side would be having so much experience that it would be like like impossible to believe you could have confidence in yourself. Right. Despite the fact <clears throat> you were highly experienced at something. Right. It's almost like you've had too much time with something. So you, you know how much can go wrong. So you know better than to be overconfident. And as a result, you think yourself underqualified and therefore have imposter syndrome. Exactly. Um, yep. So so it's, that's an interesting thought, though, is that like, yes, you are you're probably still in your first 15 mountain bike rides right realistically right yeah. now and you have been able to master a whole bunch of stuff right out of the gate just yeah. out of raw natural talent and yeah. so and that's an interesting way to look at it i would i would not have considered that yeah well i was just like i you know it's like it's i i hesitate to tell a lovely story from like uh my my experience at beach week after high school but like uh what like i oh like like senior week like senior week oh, yeah. yeah so yeah, like yeah, after sure. you know graduate a lot of times your whole class or you, a group of friends will go like rent a beach house or a lake house or something yes yeah so this is i have like a similar i feel like uh a lot of my a lot of my classmates prior to graduation of high school had you know like experimented with some libations yes yes here yes. and there okay i had like a personal goal not to do so until post high school for whatever I think because I just like it was it didn't even occur to me that people were like doing this sure like like gathering specifically to consume libaceous beverages right yeah like, like how do I know like, like I not that I hadn't even been around it like I would be at people's house and sometimes they would have alcohol or something and it would even be offered to me but it didn't occur to me like that was the point of the gathering right you know it was like oh you just happened to know someone or you know your uncle gave you a thing and like oh isn't this fun well, I don't I you know it just didn't even occur to me sure like people sure. were doing this well, and we but, were we were really busy doing ridiculous camping trips anyway. That's so. true. Those people didn't have nearly as many trips to the Waffle House as we did. I don't know if we've talked about the Waffle House. We should do that the at waff. some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that I remember that was like my first. That whole week was like my first experience with alcohol of any kind. Sure. And like, yeah, the first four days, it was like, what are the consequences? <laughs> <laughs> like, I. I am invincible to this. <laughs> Basically, like, not, you know, you go to school and you go to like, they have those dare programs or whatever. And it's like, yep. they tell you, like, I feel like all they warn you of are the extremes. Like, if you do this, you might get like addicted to pills or you might get addicted to heroin or, you know, <laughs> sure. whatever it is. Like, like they're, they're talking about like the catastrophic life events, yeah. but not a hangover. Right. Like if you want to get, yeah, no one, no one described to me in any education about alcohol throughout my entire school, a hangover. Right. It's like lead with that, man. What right. are the immediate consequences? Right. Yeah. Wake up. Massive headache. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like the, the worst experience, like on night five was like last night. Hey, every, you know. Every night before now has told me I can do whatever and I will wake up and be fine. Like, it didn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't even worried about mitigating this potential problem. Right. It wasn't like I should probably stop now because I'll get hung over. It wasn't like I was pushing the boundaries to see how far I could go. It didn't even cross my mind as a possibility. Right. Like, what are the consequences? And sure enough, day five, whew, consequences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then, then you're, then you're in this situation where you like wake up everything's awful yeah and you have to get home yeah yeah basically yeah it's like mm, mm, sunlight hurts loud noises hurts yeah stomach hurts bad everything yeah so yeah uh if you're if you're a young listener let me just warn you about uh, li libaceous consumption of alcohol uh, <laughs> and libaceous <laughs> consumption i think that i yeah, think the libation that was a bad that was a bad about uh binge alcohol drinking yes should not should not do should not should, should not, not do, do. Should not do. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, similar effect. Like going mountain biking, it's like, oh yeah, I've tried this, no problems. Right. Why wouldn't I keep trying stuff like this? It's a little scary, but all you have to do is approach it and then you'll just get better at it. Like I never tried something without just getting better at it. There was never like tried something, whoops. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And and that's the thing too. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really something that you could apply to getting into kind of really like just any new activity of sorts. Yeah. You know, like in, in the beginning, you're sort of met with so much like almost positive feedback because the beginning stages of anything are, are maybe, are maybe in a capacity more approachable. Right. You know, or, or so far your expectations for just being able to do it in any way might be like, I'm good at this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> I have been faced with nothing I haven't been able to do yet. This like, is, this is, I think, maybe the explanation for like when people are so like beginner's luck. Yes. Yeah. It is maybe beginner's is, luck. Maybe this is what it is. This is, this is the phenomenon of beginner's luck. It's like beginners don't quite know all the nuance yet. So they're just like, let me just try this thing. What This seems like it'll work. Right. And then it does. And then it does. Because they have all the confidence to make it work. Right. Whereas the experienced person would be like, well, here are all the reasons maybe you don't want to do that. Well, and it, it was really actually quite funny because when we, on this particular occasion, when we're outside uh, sessioning the feature, aka yeah. the skinny. The skinny. Um, it was, it was actually something where like I had ridden past this particular thing uh, on rides prior to you coming out with us. And been like, oh, no, I'm not ready for that. Like, I, I I don't think I can do it. And like, not that I'm a particularly like, you know, advanced cyclist or anything like that. But it was something that I had actually just been like, nope, I can't do it. Like, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not ready to try that. Yeah. And so I actually thought it was really interesting because the day that we spent time working on it, I was like, man, Jay's just like going for this right now. Like, I would be so intimidated. Like, right. I'm, I'm intimidated to do it. And I, I've been riding more. Right. Um. And so I, I there is an interesting uh like to that where yeah you were just sort of like yeah i'm, I'm gonna do it yeah. like <laughs> what's the problem what what could go wrong i know and yeah sure like yeah this this is what could go wrong is that i could slam and have my my neck hurt for it's i mean it still hurts sitting here oh you know like I, I it's significantly better but yeah the first day i was just stuck in bed uh, watching the Queen's Gambit all day, which by the by, great Netflix show if you haven't watched it yet. Super good show about, yeah, you actually, you recommended it to me. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, I like watched the whole thing over the weekend. Uh, it's about mm. chess. Yes. So. Oh my God. It was, it was such a, it was like a perfect find because over the past like several months, I've been like, I really, I want to play chess. Like I used to, uh, you know, I was in the chess club in seventh grade. You know, I don't want to brag or anything. Noise. <laughs> but, uh, like, I was like, I, I've been feeling this hankering to, like, play. But, like, also, I have no one to play against. Sure. Yeah, like, I don't think you would play with me. I don't I don't you, think Beth would want to play with me, really. You you have, like, okay, so we've, we've talked about it a lot with board games and stuff. And you have, like, a particularly... Uh, quick strategic mind mm -hmm. where I think that you were able to apply many more like, and this was always a thing. So I was also in chess club when we were kids and I feel like we would go and we would play chess after school. And that was, that was about the size of it. As far as I was concerned, like, I don't think I remember going through and like learning strategies, you know, like you, you basically oh, yeah. learned how to play chess. Right. And then like, here's how the pieces move and now just play with each other for an hour. Exactly. <clears throat> and, and so for the most part, I feel like almost every game that I ever played was almost a coin flip where like 
for the most part, like, you know, I, I was not spending a whole bunch of time like surveying the board or, you know, contemplating, okay, well, if I take this and I can lure out their queen and they, if, if their queen's exposed, then I can actually take it with this pawn. And like, you know, I was never thinking that many moves ahead. It was just sort of like, oh, I can move my bishop here. Right. Now you move. <laughs> yeah, like, to me, <clears throat> yeah. Watching this show made me furious with the people who ran chess club. Oh, really? That was just like, like, you know, talking like the, the very first thing when, sorry to get into the show, the little girl, when she's a little, it's about a little girl who like grows up to be like a chess prodigy. It's not, it's not, it's a fictional story, but it's based on a book of the same name, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, um, like the, she's playing with this like custodian at the orphanage she's at and he like gives her a book of like chess openings. And even just that phrase, like there were like no one in years of chess club went over like here's this week I want everyone to try the queen's gambit or the king's gambit or try this particular thing and like here's one way you might open and here's how it might go and then he, you know and like, back it up with the Sicilian method yeah no one taught me any Sicilian defense yeah yeah you know, yeah no yeah. one taught me any dragon formation you know there was uh, it was like like this this is exactly what chess club should be about is like teaching the openings like what uh, it made me so mad I was like I feel like I could have been so much better yeah like because yeah oh so frustrating it's no I I understand that sentiment as well because it, it definitely it felt like the way that chess was approached amongst these people was much more like how sports may have been approached. Like, you know, our, our cross country coach teaching us about like negative splits, you yeah. know, like each mile should be faster than the mile before it. Yeah. And like all of the different ways that you might like approach anything related to running. Uh, but yeah, chess club in the capacity that we ever experienced, it was so much more like, yeah, this is a space where other people have agreed to also come to play chess with one another. Yes. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Like, like to say they were teaching you how to play chess was like they were teaching you how, yeah, the pieces move, not how to play chess. Yes. Right. And not so, that. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so you say like that you think that like I wouldn't want to play with you. I, I feel like I would be, I would be like interested in getting into it with you because I feel like, especially having watched this show, I, I think one of the things that I would applaud it for is that it does make you want to play chess. Oh, for sure. Which like, yeah, I think is a great use of your time and brain space. Yeah. So it, yeah, like I said, it was a great find because I felt like for a couple months I've been feeling the itch to play chess and all of a sudden Netflix was like, here's a show about chess. And I was like, perfect. Yes. Amazing. I'm so getting into this. And like, I have, I have long coveted to have just like at my house, just a, like a nice chess board you, that is out. Do you want to know? I know. Yeah, it's, it's so true. And I think that like chess pieces, I think especially ever since watching the movie, the Shawshank Redemption, mm -hmm. like he's like, he's like going out into the yard and like carving them yeah. into like little like stone pieces. In right. my mind, it's like, I need a stone. I need stone piece chess set. Right. Like, and I, I've always thought that would be like, oh, this is, this is legit. Yeah. You know? Yes. I so. want like a nice legit, but see, this is my problem. It's like, it's not like I couldn't go get a nice chessboard either. Right. But if it's just like, I want it to be able to like, I want it to be out at my house and I want it to be like the sort of thing where if people came in and they're like, like where like the challenge was open, like anyone like, Oh, it's, have, it's functional decor. It's functional. Right. Yeah. It's not just like, Oh, you have chess. It's like, yeah, do you want to play a game? It's like, Oh no, no. Like I want, I want it to be out so that people can, so that I can play with people. Right. Right. But right, also right. it's decor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I love this idea, and I would be I would be interested in, in playing you in a game of chess because I think it would be really interesting with like a fresh perspective on it. Because as far as I'm concerned, like 
being a, the amount of chess that I know how to play right now is about as basic as knowing the names of playing cards, like knowing that like what a jack is, right, or a king or a queen or something like. Mm-hmm. And I I know just enough about how the the pieces can move, but that's right. that is my baseline knowledge. I, right. I would say I'm I am at otherwise zero. Okay. Um. So no, I'm 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 interested in that. Um. And it's I think it's also. Like maybe so we're, we're kind of talking about like reaching the age where maybe we have to be like a little more cautious with like our bodies and stuff. But I also feel like we're reaching an age where we are able to like really dig into the hobbies that might be like more uh, like defining of our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I think all the time about how like mom and dad's life before we were there, like it's always this unfathomable time period or like relationship or like what would they have done then? Yeah. You know, it's like it's so hard for me to to imagine. And I, so I think of all the things that have happened in their lives since we have been here. And then also thinking that like I'm of the same age mom and dad were like when they had us and I've had this whole life. Yeah. Before they even had us. Right. But so. That being said, though, I feel like mom and dad got into like running and biking and like things that like have continued to permeate through their life. Yeah. So right now, Jay, you were in a prime position to commit to a lifelong hobby. Right. That, you know, someday people will be like, ah, Jonathan Carlin, chess player. Oh, sure. Like, you know, like yes. he's, he's played in some tourneys, you know, <laughs> I have some ribbons at home. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. If you and I get into chess, we're going to start looking at like tournaments. And be like, we should go. We, we it is the problem. We have to compete. Yeah. We, what's, we are, the, what's even the point, Ben? What's even the Why point? Why are we just playing this game? <laughs> right. Yes. It, it can't be for, it can't be for solitary enjoyment. It needs to be like, go. It's on. Yeah. Gotta because play, you, can, you gotta can, play other people. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can only be as good as the person you're playing against. Right. And here's the other thing. It's like, I'm sure, let me try and mitigate these comments is that I know you can just go to chess.com or I think instantchess.com and you can just play someone immediately. Sure. Yes. Yes, yes. I am aware online chess is a thing and it's probably the easiest, fastest way to play against tons of people. But like there's something like very like visceral about moving the move, pieces, like moving the pieces and playing in real life. Like that's the experience I want. Like not I don't know. It doesn't it's not as appealing to me to just go play online like I would like to play with people. OK, OK. Not not that I wouldn't play online if I like I feel like. If we started to get into it, I would definitely start playing online as like a way to like practice. Sure, 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 sure. But I'm also there's also like this like tiny bit of fear about venturing into like the online instant chess world where like I think those people are going to be good. Like so like the like the barrier like you need to be at least good enough to play online chess. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you just walk in there thinking, okay, let me just fire up a game, you're gonna get slaughtered so quickly as to like demoralize you from playing at all. Right. And and so in if you were to go back to the Queen's Gambit, you see this uh in like I think the very first game she ever plays, uh there's like a a very quick, I think it's like a five move. The scholar's mate. The scholar's mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a five move. Checkmate. Checkmate. Yeah. And that basically that happens to her right away. Right. And like, those are the things that like, I would, I bet it's like the, it is like the oldest trick in the book. It is like the it most is. basic, simple, like anyone who's played chess for more than a than what we have yeah, knows exactly how to execute these five moves. Right. And it's like, boom, you're done. No, you know. can you, this is, this is part of what made me furious about my, and maybe it's just maybe, maybe f- partly furious at past me, but also at the people running said chess clubs was that that was like, like dad, the, I had that exact experience. Like when dad taught me how to play chess, he just did a little four move thing. It was like, boom, 
It's like, you have to know about it because if someone tries to do it to you, it's very easy to defend against as long as you know what it is. As long as you know what it is. And it's only four moves, so it's super easy. But that was, that was every, like, you know, you go to like chess club with me, like, you know, like every Wednesday for like two hours after school or something. And you, that, I would, I would try it every time. You know, like this was always my move. Oh, it was always like the thing yeah. you wanted to do first. And if yeah. you could just like happen to lure somebody into it, it's like, huh. There you go. Right, exactly. This is like, I would do it every, it's like, I wish someone would just be like, all right, that's like a fun trick, but like, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. Like, that's not how any game, any real game isn't going to go that way because the other person's going to know. Okay, so let me tell you my story about that exact same thing. Yeah. Related to chess is, do you remember something called en passant? En passant, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's like a weird pawn move where yeah. you could like steal a piece by, I think, moving like diagonally. Well, all pawns steal diagonally, but you don't, you steal the pawn by moving to the space behind it. Yes. Yeah, yes, like yes, you yes. Are, you are parallel with the pawn and you move behind the pawn you are taking, but it can only take place on like the fifth or fourth row of the board. Okay. Yeah. So this, this was something though, that like, it was like the, the technical term that I knew in my head. And so I remember at the end of chess club, like at whatever, you had like a small tournament with like other players from like local schools and stuff. And I remember all that mattered to me was successfully pulling off en passant. Yes. And it was like, it was like, well, that didn't help me win this game at all. But like, it was almost one of these moments where I was imagining myself in the movie and it was sort of like, whoa, he did it. Like, like, like <gasps> as if like, this would be like this, this like big <clears throat> grand, holy cow, what a smart, like, like he doesn't even realize what kind of like a prodigy he actually is right. type of thing. And it's like, I lost that game. You lost like, that game. Yeah. Oh. And it was just, it was like, but that... For whatever reason, yeah, it was it was like the one tiny little bitty spark of flash that I knew I could bring right. to the game of chess. Right. That's the problem is that, yeah, I remember that exact move. And if you could pull it off, it was like it was like worth doing it because it was like I did something unique and special. Like right. you wanted to do it for that reason. But not only did you need the circumstances to align such that you could even perform the move because it can only happen on like, yeah, like one line. But also it had to be advantageous to do it to your game, which to I think is, is exactly what it was not when I yeah. did it. It was like, it was like, en passant. and well, I remember the guy looking at me like I, I, there's even, to be honest with you, there's a very real chance. I did not even do it correctly. Oh, and hilarious. I think the guy looked at me kind of like, like, um, like I bet what was happening in his brain was this kid doesn't know how to play chess. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm going to let you have that pawn because you just freed up my queen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, so that's, that's about as far as I got with it. So, okay. But then I, I want to transition slightly out of this because there's this other thing that I think is slightly connected to the same idea that applies to my current everyday life, Yeah, which is a hobby that I am like well committed to that. I think I have gotten about as far as like as far into as I currently am with the game of chess. And that is owning dogs. <laughs> okay. So are you, I, to me, are you talking about owning dogs as a hobby? Okay. Like, because to me, like you can, there are hobbies you can do owning a dog, but right, like, like you could, you could have your dog do like dock jumping or like bird hunting or like agility or like showmanship. Yeah. You know, like all of the different things, like where the, I think on Thanksgiving day, there's like a big dog show where you would like bring your dog out and it's like meant to be like perfectly groomed. And oh yes, the, like the, yes it is hosted by John Hurley, AKA J Peterman from Seinfeld, who I drove around Roanoke for two days. Nice. Uh, we could tell that story a different time. That's a, that's a, that's a quick little, like, <laughs> that's a fun deal. One. Yeah. Yeah. check my cuff. 
off a little bit. <clears throat> um, but th- this is like a thing. I would say mostly just the function of just general dog ownership. Yeah. Like as something that like you, you can have dogs as sort of like home companions, which is, I would say the way in which I have my dogs. I think, yeah, you just like, when you own a dog as a pet, that's like, you know, that's what most people own dogs. Yes. So I, I've been having this experience lately, though. And we've, we've talked about sort of like my entire feud with like, uh, like neighborhood uh, cleanliness as it pertains to how and where and when you clean up uh, after your dog. Yeah. Uh, which is it, it's been a, several segments on this show before. Um But this thing that I I think I've been going through lately is almost comparing the idea of the way in which I own my dogs, almost comparing it to like owning a guitar. And it would it would sort of be like if the guitar was like needed to be cleaned and tuned every day. Otherwise, it would cease to be a guitar. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like it's not like I don't feed and walk my dogs on the daily, like so that they are able to go and get exercise and they're given nutrition and you know, whatever, right? Like it allows them to continue to exist in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, I buy nice dog treats, you know, like, yeah. like it, it is something that I certainly spend a certain amount of money on monthly. It's, it's a line item in my budget. Um, but it's almost like having that guitar that you tune and clean every single day, but you've never learned how to play it. So you, you don't think you know how to play a dog. I think I don't know how to play a dog. Okay. And so the, like, basically what I mean is like, I feel like my dogs are so, they're not not trained, but they are not <clears throat> trained in a way where like what I did was buy the dog with the intention of learning how to play the dog in the same way that you would buy a guitar to learn how to play the guitar. Right. Like, like I have not been able to like have my dogs walk perfectly beside me off leash or right. have them not bark at the mailman when the mailman comes to the door to put the mail in the slot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, these are things that like given a certain amount of time and energy and discipline to, you would be able to master. Right. And yet it's like, I, I, it's like, I've never done those things. Right. And I don't know. It's, it's been this sort of like, I I've, in particular, noticed it because I have a handful of neighbors, including the people who live across the street from me, who I affectionately refer to as the perfect family uh, with their, you know, they're they're just like a great couple and they drive like a Camry and a forerunner and like everything seems both sensible and nice at right. the same time. They have mm-hmm. a golden retriever who, of course, like will literally just sit on their front porch and like watch the mailman walk by. Right. Like it can talk. It says hello. Yeah. It's like, good morning. <laughs> Um, I saw it shooting hoops the other day. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, maybe it's air bud. <laughs> um, but, but all that to say though, it's like, I, I find myself comparing to like these people who have clearly spent time learning how to play their dog. Like they have learned how to have a dog that is like incredibly well behaved so that the, by extension, it is a talent of theirs. Like you can, in the same way that you might respect someone's ability to play a song on the guitar, you can watch and witness the skill and time and energy that has gone into making this dog well behaved. So you think they're like good at owning a dog? Precisely. Basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very. Yeah. Exactly. So do you think you are not good at owning a dog? Or that's the question. That's the dilemma okay. that I'm like struggling with right now. I is see. I'm like, it's like, it, it's it's so and like the thing is, puppies mm-hmm. are so cute well for sure like it is not hard to figure out why people end up having these pets but then it's almost like once you have it what is your commitment to all the rest right like was what what was the like what was your intended purpose in owning a dog was it just owning a dog 
It's I think I think that like probably at its core, it's probably this idea of of basic companionship. It's mm-hmm. it's like I really like like so I have an Australian shepherd and she will like come and like lay on me while like we're watching TV at night. And that makes me very happy because right. it's this like big, furry, adorable creature that like likes to cuddle up next to me and, right. and be near me and stuff. Um and so, so at least you are getting some positive feedback from owning it. It's not like, oh, I love the idea of having a dog, but all it gave me was responsibility. And now I'm wondering why. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I would not say it's like that. It's it's just sort of like why in the same way when I pick up any other ha- like hobby, you spend time learning the skills associated with that hobby. Mm-hmm. But with this, if you want it, and maybe maybe my problem is that you shouldn't see your dogs. You should see them as family members and not hobbies. Yeah. Like may- maybe that's that that's the better lens to look at it through. But like, why is it that I haven't spent more time? attempting to uh reach mastery Mm -hmm. of this particular aspect of my life like why is it that owning a dog is so important to you but training a dog is not exactly right exactly and not and not like like it's not like zero like they are trained your dogs are like wild animals they're exactly yeah yeah yeah. and and they'll they'll like sit and you know do all the basic commands and stuff like that but beyond that you know if another dog walks by my house they are exploding at the door like right you know, but there should be a world in which you are able to spend the time with them to where that is not the case. Mm. And so that's that's been my that's been my hang up. My my guess is that our parents were more involved in dog training than you perceived as a child. Yes. And and so I, I think similarly, though, that's the application that that I've wondered about is that, like, is this something where I got so accustomed to the idea of just dogs being at home that I've even underestimated like like a little bit of Dunning-Kruger like I had very little experience with getting a dog that like to the point of being extremely well behaved yeah that I was just sort of like yeah I've had dogs my whole life I have tons of experience with dogs exactly and this is how I would have told you I was good at like I I was talking about this this is how I felt about biking like if you were to ask me like oh yeah I would have described myself as a very good at cycling despite having like not owned a bike since I was 20. Like, right. yeah, we're talking about, I rode my bike all the time as a kid. Yes. I know how to ride a bike. I'm very good at it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> different, different. <laughs> d- d- yeah. Different capacity. Different capacity. So yeah, this, I, and it's almost the type of thing where I think if I had not grown up with dogs, reached adulthood, realized I wanted a dog, then the amount of research I would have gone in that I would have put into it would have been like, okay, like what is involved? Like, what do you do here? Oh, right. Like if you hadn't owned dogs at all and then you were like, okay, what does it mean to get a dog? It means all of these things. Yes. Whereas the way you approach it was I've had dogs my whole life and they've been well-behaved. So I'll get a dog and it'll be well-behaved and that'll, it'll be great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm, That's see. it. Yeah. see. So it's, it's been this like funny thing. So I'm like, Hmm, maybe I need to like literally learn how to like, despite having basically owned dogs every single year of my life since I've been alive, learn how to, have a dog. Ah, oh, man, what introspection. I know. Well, you can take us on this journey as we continue forward on the pop. Absolutely, absolutely. But guys, let me close out today's episode by giving a very special thank you to these patrons who now support us over on Patreon, including Kyle Doyon, Jade Coucher, Sophie Cullen, Stephanie Woods, Nisa Pearson, Miranda Gould, Michaela Elizabeth, Rachel Jacobson, Bjorn Ramroop, Crystal Kohler, Dylan Underwood, and Caroline Brewer. Oh, thank you guys so much for your support on Patreon. Oh yeah, and be on the lookout for those person cards. Be on the lookout. They will be in the mail soon if you were one of like the last hundred people to sign up just be aware that we had to order more so those haven't come in yet but uh if you were amongst the first 500 
Great news. We're locked and loaded We're locked and, and ready loaded. for you. Things are being shipped. It's going to be exciting. If you want to uh, have your name maybe randomly read at the end of an episode, you can head to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. There you go. We have uh, three tiers. They're all $5. They all do the exact same thing. Basically, it's just your vote uh, as to who should be the one true host of popcorn culture. And with that membership, you also get an additional about 15, 20 minutes every week of what we call after the final pop. Just a little extra a little Watch extra discussion. Combo. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, guys, until next week. Pop, pop. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.